Hello and welcome to another episode of the More From Law podcast. I'm your host, Harry Clark. This episode features Sam Rathling, a LinkedIn expert and social selling strategist, and one of the most sought-after consultants in Europe on lead generation tactics. In this episode, Sam and I discuss how to get started with your own personal brand and leveraging LinkedIn for your job search, as well as to meet others, including how to create your own content in order to help you stand out from the crowd. Let's get into it. So hi, Sam. Thanks so much for coming on the show. You're more than welcome. Nice to meet you, Harry. No, it's an absolute pleasure to have you here. Um, And as someone who is prolific on LinkedIn myself, um, I wanted to get someone on the show who is even more of an expert on everything personal branding and networking, um, such as yourself, Sam, um, as I've been following you for quite a while and the amount of kind of content and the number of followers and your sort of network of audience and engagement that you've built is um, is really impressive. And in all honesty, I think um, networking and personal branding more generally, which is what we're here to talk about today, I think is something that's really undervalued and underappreciated by a lot of lawyers and students in particular yeah. um, when it comes to kind of how they're getting started for their job search and, and trying to network but before we get too much into the networking side of things a nice little icebreaker question I like to ask people when they come on the show is sort of just give us a bit bit of your background to date for people who haven't had the chance to, to meet you or hear from you before. Sure well it's nice to meet everyone and uh, <laughs> my background really started out in marketing agencies in my very early days mm-hmm. um, and then when I moved to the Netherlands in 2001 I fell into the recruitment industry mm-hmm. and um, so my original background was actually helping people to find jobs and that's really where I learned LinkedIn 2003 LinkedIn was born so it's just had its 17th year birthday Mm -hmm. so most people don't realize that LinkedIn's been around a lot longer than some of the other social media platforms Um, so I was a really early adopter of LinkedIn and um, started using it to help people find jobs and help candidates and then when I started my own company in 2005 I really started to use it for lead generation purposes so I've kind Mm -hmm. of been mastering the platform for well over 15 years now and I've been teaching it for just over a decade. Wow, fantastic. And you kind of mentioned it there throughout your answer when you sort of you used it originally for lead generation. And then I think some people just use it as a digital CV. I know that I did in, in, you know, when I was sort of first starting out. But this kind of concept of personal branding, you hear a lot whenever you're engaging with most forms of social media, at least in a kind of professional or business capacity. Um, what is your sort of take on this value that people need to understand when it comes to personal branding? Well, I think personal branding is so critical at every stage of your career. So whether you're just starting out, just starting to look for jobs or whether you're, you know, a bit more established, your personal brand mm. is what follows you around your entire career. So it's like, it's your reputation. It's your credibility. Mm-hmm. It's the, the trust that people have in you. It, it helps you to build those really important relationships. And I think branding and personal brand is really a it's a lot to do with what people say when you're not there. So Mm. keeping top of mind with your network and, you know, really understanding that the way that you show up online is how people are going to perceive you in the real world. So, Mm. and I think people forget that, that, you know, your LinkedIn profile is networking for you 24 seven and is really your brand ambassador. And I think people don't really necessarily always recognize that about the LinkedIn platform. Absolutely. I can only agree. And I, I think there's a, a sort of new company I saw that was on Dragon's Den within the last three years, which was specifically designed to sort of remove those kind of negative search results about yourself. Because as you say, you know, your sort of digital first impression is so critical, especially from a recruitment perspective, because let's face it, recruiters want to get to know the person who they're going to be interviewing. Um, and one of the best ways to do that now in our digital age is, is sort of a quick Google search, really. So is would you say that, you know, personal branding is a, a prerequisite for anyone at any level of seniority? Or is it something that you should sort of start to take more seriously? later down the career path? 
Oh, I think it's I think it's critical from the outset. I mean, you mm. know, you just have to do a Google search on your own name and LinkedIn is going to come up in search result one, two or three, unless you've got mm. a really common, you know, a really common name that everybody has. <laughs> but um, ultimately, you know, people do their homework. They they research you before they go and book you for an interview. They, you know, they research you before they consider doing business with you. So at any stage, you know, your your personal brand is so critical and your the way that it's almost like your shop window your linkedin profile on its own is almost like the shop window to you and there's so much information that you can glean from somebody's online presence so it's really really important that you consider your personal brand from the very outset of your career and all the way through absolutely and i think when most people think about branding when it comes to companies for example monzo have their sort of infamous salmon pink sort of color on all of their cards um you know facebook and twitter you know you, you sort of think of these brands and instant colors and images come to mind um but we've kind of mentioned that personal branding is is, is less so about the kind of flashiness of, of whatever it is that you're putting out there but the real kind of substance of what people say you know when you're not in the room and kind of your known reputation and so on so when it comes to kind of creating um, your personal brand and kind of trying to build that consistent image in, in other people's minds as to as to what what you want them to think of you when you're not in the room, um, what's the sort of best way to do that, both for kind of people in your own workspace and colleagues, but also further afield and clients as well? I like a really good quote comes to mind, which is the way you do anything is the way you do everything. And mm. I think, you know, it's really important that people consider that, you know, how they even how they react on a comment or, you know, or reply on a post, people are going, people are watching. And, you know, mm. it's not just about having a great profile and having a good personal brand. It's about the way that you interact with your network as well. So mm. consistent image to your employers, consistent image to your colleagues, consistent image to your client base. You know, you've got to really think every time you're out there, whether it be online or offline, people are creating an impression about you. And your personal brand is is going to stay with you from job to job as well. So it's not mm. just about how you are in one particular role or one particular organization. That personal brand is going to follow you and be the difference potentially between you getting a promotion and not or mm. between you getting that next role that you want in a new business or, or not. So um, you can't underestimate the power of personal brand. No, absolutely. And just as you were saying that, I just think about the sort of irretrievable, you know, irretrievableness of tweets nowadays and the fact that, you know, there's been all sorts of scandals in the last five, 10 years where people say something when they're younger and it comes back to bite them. Um, yeah. I guess when it comes to just personal branding generally, then are there any kind of critical keys, you know, do's and don'ts like that? You know, don't tweet something that you wouldn't be happy with your boss seeing, for example, um, that you think are sort of really important to keep in mind when it comes to getting started with sort of creating that image. Well, if, it, if I consider the LinkedIn platform, um, you know, your <laughs> organizations, whoever you work for or about to work for, will have um, will have guidelines around social media usage. Um, there'll be do's and don'ts on what you can mm. and can't do, what you can and can't say. Ultimately, your LinkedIn profile is your personal profile, but you've got to remember all the time that you are representing your employer or you're rep representing your client. So therefore, you know, you've got to be really considerate. Um, of how you are and how you show up um, if you are going to be um, represent, you know, representing yourself or your um, employer online. So mm. I think it's a, it's a, there's a few things to factor in. Um, one would be, you know, don't get into any kind of rants, arguments, um, mm. discussions, debates, which I know lawyers love to do. <laughs> That's not necessarily the right place for it. Um, nothing mm. political, nothing religious. So it's just the basic stuff. But just think about, 
you know, think that your boss could be reading it or think that your employee could be reading it. And I always say to people, just think before you before you press that send on that button, um, mm. because, you know, it, it can damage your reputation and more importantly, damage the reputation of who you're representing as well. So um, so I'm not saying don't be out there networking and don't be out there building relationships. You just got to be really considerate that it's not just your own personal brand that you're impacting. It's potentially the brand of your of your employer as well. This episode of the More From Law podcast is sponsored by Get Into Law. If you're listening, it's like you're looking to break into or learn more about the legal profession. Get Into Law are a law careers advice community that's on a mission to build the most active, value-driven legal platform in the world through social media. They help support aspiring lawyers by providing skills, tools, and resources you need to begin your legal career. If you want access to their latest daily tips, guides, and resources, including some I've written myself, be sure to follow them on Instagram and LinkedIn by searching for the handle Get Into Law. And we've talked a bit this episode, you know, about personal branding more generally, and we've sort of hinted through it and um, throughout our discussion. But the platform of LinkedIn, I think, is has sort of seen a real kind of explosion, I think, in the last sort of few years um, as a kind of real kind of platform for people to, um, you know, not just meet new people, but kind of share content, engage with new ideas and, you know, create these discussions as well. And obviously, the kind of main premise around LinkedIn is that it's centered around business professionals and people kind of looking to meet in the capacity of work. So from a networking perspective, um, I've seen firsthand how it can sort of be a real goldmine for meeting new people, not just within your industry or within your country, but, you know, on a real truly global scale. Um, and I think when people, especially students, are kind of wanting to get started on LinkedIn, you know, they might take across a few principles that they've done on social media or on other platforms in the past, things like Facebook or Instagram. What's your sort of advice for people who are wanting to get started on the platform, um, you know, just freshly logged onto it and is looking to sort of build their profile in that way? So the first thing to pay attention to would obviously be the LinkedIn profile. Like your, mm -hmm. there are so many different elements. There are in fact 15 different elements of your LinkedIn profile that need to be paid attention to. One, of course, being the, the headshot, the photograph that you're using. I would look like you're showing up for the dream job that you really want in that mm -hmm. photograph. Um, too often I see, especially in younger profiles or student profiles, that, that the profile is not necessarily relevant to the role that you want. So you've got to reflect the the kind of role that you're looking for. So if you're out there looking for a role, you've got mm -hmm. to look the part in your profile. So the photograph's really important. Um, you can also use the space behind your photograph, which is the big banner that's behind your profile. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that's a visual way of sharing with somebody um, either something about your personality or the kind of role you're looking for. Um, and then you've got the about section, which is 2,600 characters. The mm. mistake I see that people make, especially when they're job searching, is they make it look like a CV where it mm. should really be very much about um, telling your story and it should be about um, why you're on there, what who you're looking to work with. I would even, if there are certain firms that you're looking to get into, I would even mention them on your, on your profile. Mm. Um, I would talk about your career aspirations. I would talk about why you holistically not just the career side of you but also you know what you can offer to to organizations so mm. i think the the about section is often neglected and it tends to look you know just like a cv which is not really what you want to do it needs to be about what you offer and about the organization you're trying to attract yourself towards versus it being all about you 
Absolutely. And just on the, the profile section again, um, I've sort of heard differing thoughts and opinions when it comes to your headline on LinkedIn, which is, yeah. of course, the sort of small subtext, which is below um, your sort of profile picture and your name is, is, you know, really commonly associated with your profile as the kind of the pitch, the sort of 30 second pitch to sort of um, get people to, to see your attention and to click on your profile. Um, a lot of people who are currently searching for roles will have something along the lines of looking for new opportunities, seeking a, you know, trading contract, legal position, whatever it is. Um, what's your sort of view on on how to really utilize your headline um, when it is when you, you're still looking and searching for roles is it the case that you should say that you're searching or is, is there an alternative method that you'd suggest this is my opinion only but I don't mm-hmm. believe that you should put in your headline that you're currently seeking or looking for opportunities I I believe it comes across as a little bit too desperate to do that mm-hmm. um, so even if you are looking somebody if, you, if you're building the right network and you're connecting with people either recruiters or you're connecting with people in um, law firms that you want to work in um, I think that you're better off putting something that's really compelling and why more about why they should hire you versus the fact that you're advertising that you're looking so, you know, 95, 96% of recruiters and in-house recruiters use LinkedIn to find people. And they do that primarily by using keywords to get, you know, to find the right kind of, um, the right kind of people. So mm-hmm. you're better off focusing your profile on having the right keywords for the jobs that you want to match with versus going, Oh, I'm currently seeking a new opportunity. Or I'm, I'm, I'm currently open. Um, you know, you will get found. I mean, I remember when I was a recruiter, I used to always go for people that were not overtly showing that they were looking or mm. were already in positions because I think it just comes across to, you know, it just raises too many questions and mm. I wouldn't be putting it as like my main advert on my LinkedIn headline. And that's just my opinion. But as an ex-recruiter and a LinkedIn expert, I would use something a bit more compelling in your headline. And then finally, another aspect of um, sort of the actual profile section that I get a lot of questions about, which is the idea of experiences. Um, and I think a lot of people tend to sort of view this in the same way they would say on a resume or a cover letter or a CV and sort of listing their responsibilities when it comes to describing their sort of experiences and their roles. So they, what's your advice for people to leverage positions they've been in and to properly sort of describe them or sell them even um, on a profile? Um, it's a great question. I think you should be very much focused on the results that mm-hmm. you achieved and the outcomes that you helped the organization to secure versus mm-hmm. um, it being a big long list of skills and experiences. Um, ultimately, most people, you know, skills can be taught. Um, what can't be taught is things like attitude, behavior, beliefs, etc. Mm-hmm. So and a lot of companies these days will hire more on attitude, behavior and beliefs versus they will on skills because skills can easily be taught. So just listing out a big list of everything that you're good at isn't necessarily the the best thing to put in there. So I would focus more on um, the kind of key outcomes and results that you've been involved with or the things that you've you've helped um, previous employers to achieve. Um, you can list out things like that on a CV. And in fact, I would recommend having a PDF mm. copy of your CV and your featured section on your profile. So you can have things like a cover letter and a CV added into your featured section on your profile, which is where you can upload documents, etc. But mm. I would not have a big long list of, um, you know, every single skill that you've got as bullet points as you, kind of your work experience section. I would focus much more on what 
how you were as an asset to the organization and what what you bring to the table versus mm. it just being a big long list of skills and assuming the people listening have put all those tips to use and curated the perfect profile um, ultimately there is you know it's only going to get out there if you're you're active and engaging on the platform yeah. um, i think you've probably well aware of this than sort of 99 and one rule for social media in terms of the, the sort of percentages of people who um just use platforms engage with content and actually create content respectively um and kind of focusing on those nine and one sections the sort of 10 percent of people who are actively creating engagement with content um what's your sort of tips for people to get started either making content themselves or simply just trying to interact um, and sort of grow their network with others um in order to not only meet new connections but hopefully put their own profile out there as well um so i think there's two parts to this there's one is the mm-hmm. outreach to kind of build your network and the second part is content so i'll start with the outreach side of things first Mm -hmm. i think the key thing there is you've got to stand out from the crowd and you know linkedin gives you some great little tools within your inbox that most people never use um which as a candidate if i received that from a candidate um i'd be really impressed with so Mm -hmm. the first thing is you can use voice notes within your linkedin inbox to um bring personality and tonality to your introduction message for example so if you connected with someone who you know is hiring or you've connected with somebody um who works for a company that you'd love to work with you can send a personalized voice note or even better would be to send a personalized video note to that person to start that relationship mm-hmm. um you know just sending blasting cvs out and getting no response because cvs just go into a big pile of you know lots of other people that have applied for the same role you can really stand out from the crowd just by using some of the, the tools that LinkedIn gives you. So personalized videos, personalized um, voice notes would be my top tip when you're outreaching. Um, mm-hmm. You definitely want to build your network with the types of people that are um, in your field. So build relationships with influencers, thought leaders, people who are um, influential in the space. So if you want to connect with, you know, if you want to connect with senior partners of, of firms that you want to work for, etc., you've got to stand out from the crowd and just going through the normal process of just pinging out loads of CVs, in my opinion, isn't going to be the best way to secure at least a conversation with somebody. So using voice and video can help you stand out. I would say the same to someone who was prospecting or selling on LinkedIn. You've got to stand out from the crowd versus just sending messages, etc. So I don't know if you're are you using any of those at the moment, Harry yourself? <laughs> no, I'm yet to kind of get myself a video pitch together to um, to send out to people, but I have actually received them actually um, myself, and it, yeah. it certainly does grab your attention. And yeah. it's a great way to kind of succinctly boil down what would be a lot of written information into a kind of really eye catching sort of format that you know gets to the point very quickly. Quick thirty second intro. I think you mm. know people are just not used to receiving them. They're more likely to click on it and it just brings that personality out and, and, you know, you've got to get to the point, obviously, in that. But even if it's just a quick intro video with a request to say, look, would it, you know, would it be okay if I were to send you over my cover letter and my CV? Then mm. they're more likely to say yes, because they've met you in per- you know, they've seen you in person. So I think that's quite a nice little um, tip for the inbox. The second thing from a content perspective, I mean, content purely gives you visibility. I mean, you've seen that with your own profile. The more mm-hmm. visible you are, the more credibility you can build, the bigger that your network gets. So although you might not feel like you have something to add because, you know, you're, people find it really hard, especially, mm-hmm. you know, if they're earlier on in their career to create content, you know, just start conversations, start discussions and think about topical themes. Look at what's going on on the news feed. Follow certain hashtags that are relevant to your industry. So follow all the hashtags that are relevant to the type of law that you want to practice um, and go and see and get involved in the conversation. So as an absolute minimum, do engage in other people's posts. But if you are creating your own content and building your personal brand, you're more likely to get visible with the people that you want to work with or work for.
Absolutely. And I second the point about following as well. I think it's a feature that a lot of people don't realize is actually available on LinkedIn um, because people think that in order to read someone's content or enable to see what they're up to, they have to connect with them. And obviously that gives the person who you're trying to connect with complete discretion as to whether or not they accept or reject it. But the following method um, is a great way to still sort of see what someone's up to and learn yeah. a bit more about them before you eventually send that kind of final personalized connection note. Um, and you've given some quick tips there on sort of inboxing um, and kind of the idea of video um, notes and things like that. But just for those initial kind of personalized connection requests that you send out, I think it's something like 200 characters that you're given to sort of um, explain why you're wanting to connect with someone. For someone who's looking to get value out of a relationship or a potential relationship, what's your sort of quick thoughts for making the most of that that personalized connection to hopefully convert it into more acceptances and, and a future sort of network? Yeah, I mean, it's a 300 character limit. So you get mm. a little bit of space, but I always, always personalize your connection request. I wouldn't necessarily always say why you're looking to connect with them on the first message. You mm -hmm. would really do that once they've connected because um, otherwise they've got they're making a decision before you've even had a chance to connect with them. Um, mm. But, you know, make it as personal as possible. You've got all that information on someone's LinkedIn profile. So have a read through the person's LinkedIn profile. See what you've got in common. It might be that you're from the same hometown. It might be you share some of the same groups. Um, I definitely recommend prospecting or adding people into a network who are in your second degree network. Those are people that you've already got some shared mutual connections with. So it's a slightly more warmed up person than mm. someone who is third degree or out of your network. So um, that will, you'll even be able to see that the people that you've got in common. So the more common ground you can, you can find the better, have a look at their interests and ideally mention those things mm. um, when you are, um, when you're approaching them. So even things like looking at the, um, you know, going in to approach people that went to the same university as you. So maybe if you approach somebody that is potentially hiring or could be a good employer of the future for you, but you saw that you went to the same school, the uh, same law school, for example, mm. studied law at the same university, you can even go and search that within the alumni section of each university and go and find people that are in roles that happen to go to the same university as you. So there are lots of ways you can find common ground with people uh, and then you need to bring that into the personalized message. So assuming people have sort of put these steps into practice and they've hopefully built up a, a profile that's at least, you know, better than where they started, is there a way to measure how they're sort of getting on? Is it the case that they're sort of monitoring their views, their likes, you know, the amount of traffic that's coming into their profile? Yeah, so there's a few ways that you can do that. So profile views is one and search appearances is another, which are all found on your dashboard on your profile. But one of the key mm -hmm. tools that I recommend people understand is is something called the Social Selling Index or SSI. Mm -hmm. Um, now, this is a free tool that LinkedIn gives everyone, and it gives you a score out of 100 points as to how well you're doing on the LinkedIn platform. So um, the link to go to is linkedin.com forward slash sales forward slash SSI stands for mm -hmm. social selling index. So if you go check out that link and LinkedIn will give you a score out of 100. Um, now, just to give you a good idea of where the magic happens and where you really need to be aiming for, <laughs> that's kind of 75 plus would be where you need to be aiming for. If you're just okay. starting out on LinkedIn, don't don't expect it to be that high. It might be in the 20s, 30s, 40s. Um, the good news is it's quite easy to move the needle on that SSI score once you know what to do with it. So the score is made up of four areas. It's One is to do with establishing your professional brand. So all of everything we talked about in this podcast, really your content, as well as your profile is really driven 
you know, on that orange score, which is the professional brand. You've then got find the right people. So that's all to do with people you're putting in your network. Then you've got the engagement side of things, so how much you're interacting on the newsfeed. And finally, the last score is all about building trusted relationships. So if you build your brand, you build your reputation, you build your network, and you build um, your personal brand, you're going to find that your social selling score is going to increase and you're going to have a higher chance of, of finding the right opportunities your way on LinkedIn. It's really interesting you mentioned that because I actually had no idea that existed myself. So the first thing I'm going to do after this podcast is have a look and see <laughs> what my scores are and see if I can move the needle. <laughs> I'm going to predict that yours is pretty good though, Harry, I would I'll, say. I'll have to give it a try. Yeah, <laughs> watching that now furiously. <laughs> Absolutely fantastic. And you've given some sort of great beginning to end tips there, I think, for sort of people wanting to get started on LinkedIn and to hopefully grow their profile and meet some new connections and grow their network. Um, so thanks so much for sort of sharing your tips with us. Where can people go to learn more about yourself and everything we sort of discussed today? Um, so obviously connect with me on LinkedIn but when you do please mention this podcast because I do appear on a lot of different things and I always like to know where people come from so if you mm -hmm. are um, reaching out to me on LinkedIn uh, just go find me Sam Rathling there's only two of us in the world so and one of them's a guy so um, you should be able to find me on LinkedIn um, and you know there's loads of details on my profile about how I can help people etc and I've just recently launched a, an academy um, with an online digital course about LinkedIn. So if you do want to learn more, then obviously that's the best place to go and, and find out more about how to do that. Fantastic. Well, thanks so much for sharing us a glimpse of that today and on the podcast. It was really great to speak to you, Sam. Thank you. Thanks, Harry. Thanks so much for listening to this edition of the More From Law podcast. The amount of support the show has received recently has been unbelievable. So thanks again for playing your part in that by listening. If you'd like to support the show, please rate it five stars on the iTunes store and follow the show on your podcast platform of choice. It really helps the show reach more listeners. If you're looking for more tips, resources and guides, you can visit my website www.harryclarklaw.com where you can also sign up to my newsletter and stay up to date with everything that I'm up to. For now though, I'll see you in the next episode of More From Law.